Warning, the Grow Your Salon Fast Show contains content that may offend. The hosts don't care. If you want to grow your salon fast, keep listening and find out more at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. But for now, here's your hosts, Vagar Svanberg and Kat Smith. Hey, 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 and welcome to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show, or Salon, as our introducer says. Hi, Kat, how are you? Hello, how are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm good. Kat, today we, um, last time we promised to talk about how our listeners can increase their prices. That's, that's, that's quite scary, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually. Um, yeah, but do we have to dive into that straight away? Because, you know, it's not a very sexy topic, is it? Oh, I think it's sexy. More money in, in your pocket, isn't that sexy? Yeah, but it, it seems so simple, don't you think? It is. So, how do we make it sexy? Uh, well, you can start by talking about... Have you increased your prices, Kat? Yeah, I have. Did, you do, did you do it in a sexy way? Times. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, did. there's lots of ways to do it, isn't there? It's like, it is like sex, really. There's lots of positions. There's lots of ways <laughs> of getting there, <laughs> getting the results. I, I, I knew there. you would. I knew you would. Twist this to, 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 to have to and how to do it sex or something. It was just a matter of time. Yeah, well, see, the problem is I've just come back from Ireland and uh, I've attended a an event by uh, my mentor and yours, I guess, uh, the evil ball genius, otherwise known as John McCulloch. And he was speaking on uh, pricing and positioning. And he's the, um, I would say he was the leading expert in those two topics. And uh, we spent a whole day going over pricing, and um, part of that was how to raise your prices. And, and he said even, it is not a sexy topic at all, pricing. Um, it's not a sexy topic, but it's something that everybody fears. And the reason for that is because they worry about what other people think, and we pick our prices from what everybody else in the industry is doing, which is probably a short way to insanity. Um, but actually when I was there, so that whole, you know, I'm getting to the point about being sexy, was um, there is an attendee there called Vicky, uh, who I um, have met before, but she uh, has written a cool book called How to Live with a Dick- Dickhead. And uh, I think she's hot. And I said in front of everybody that I'd do her. So <laughs> that made my, uh- that made the event. <laughs> So I know it's kind of a very unrelated yes. thing there, but uh, that's what I was thinking. So when my thought processes just go So you were thinking about you were thinking about, thinking about pricing when we sex. talked about pricing. Yeah. It's, it's, you're not making sense. Are you drinking? And tea. I'm drinking tea, unfortunately. I'm back mm. in the desert. So um, anyway, that's by the by. But pricing is a little bit like, um, well... It's a, there's a lots of ways to do it. There's a lot of ways to put your prices up without um, losing customers, which I think is one of the biggest fears people have of putting prices up, um, without you feeling like you're ripping people off, because that's another fear that, that people have of feeling guilty that they're not, um, they're not giving enough value to their customers or clients. So why would they put their prices up? So there's a terrible thing in the industry where people feel... Actually, stylists themselves and the health and beauty industry, people are very undervalued, um, and that's by society in general. Because you don't, it's not a, it's not seen as a profession or career that's very highbrow. You drop out of school to be a hairdresser or a 
reputation. That's what the general public kind of think. But actually, it's a hugely skilled job. It's massively undervalued. It's something that not everybody can do. I can't go in and see the 3D shape of a head and work out what kind of haircut would suit their facial features. I just can't see it. That's just not possible. So that's a huge skill that people have. And as a business owner, you're actually doing a lot more than somebody who is a, you know, a data entry operator who's done three years at university. So the feeling of undervalue um, impacts on your self-esteem. And I think that's where I'm coming back to Vicky because she's actually a life coach. Um, and she's written this book, How to Live with a Dickhead, but majority of it, she talks about how to increase your self-esteem and love yourself, <laughs> not in that way of regard, mm. and like yourself so that you... Um, I do both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, let's not have a demonstration. But, um, <laughs> if I'm you like so yourself, glad we tagged this episode as explicit. Yeah, I'm so glad that it's not video <laughs> right now. <laughs> we could do that. We could do a vlog. That'd be entertaining. Oh, anyway, no, the whole thing no. about your self-esteem and, and things like that is that that hinges on how you see yourself and how you value yourself and then how you think about your pricing because it's all tied up um, in a neat little package. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I just wanted to reiterate why you why we're talking about this at all because um, that that is simply that there are mainly three ways to you know grow your business and that is to you can get more customers, you can sell more to those you already have, or you can increase your prices. And why we're talking about increasing prices is because that's one of the most one of the easiest strategies for for increasing your income. And what and it we is find the easiest strategy. Yes, you get the most resistance from it from business owners. Well, you could get, yes, I would say you get a lot of resistance from business owners because they put themselves in the customer's shoes without actually, what, 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 how would you put this, car? I mean, they, they kind of, before they've even, they, they, they bargain with themselves. So they're basically... Well, they do, but they make assumptions as well. They assume yes, that's that what someone I mean. can't yeah. afford exactly. what you're selling. The customer, customer um, can't afford it or that everyone will run to the competition or... Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And I understand and that. not true. Not true. Oh, we, we, we should say that you, you can meet price resistance. Um, some people will complain when you increase your price or can complain. You don't necessarily well, have to. They to. might comment. Yeah, but let's come to that in a bit because it's more important to talk about, I think, right now of the fact that you shouldn't be making assumptions about your clients and how much they can afford. Your clients buy what they want, not what they need, but what they want. Um, they are looking for a solution to their problem and they, if their problem is serious enough and they want something badly enough, they will pay whatever they think they want to pay for it. So it's your clients that dictate the prices, which means you have to set your prices and increase your prices to a point where you're getting so much resistance that you're not getting anyone coming in the door. Um, and I would suggest that that price is a lot higher than you think it is, and it's a lot higher than you're charging right now. Um, but in the same token, you need to be showing what the client gets from that particular price, so the value that you're giving them. And that's about the feels, so the feels with a Z. It's about how that service or product makes your client feel. So what pain are you taking away from them? 
what are you giving them and what would happen if you don't give them that fix? What pain will they have if they don't get their problem solved? Well, we could use... I remember a story you told me once uh, when you had your salon about <laughs> the... Um, stories. <laughs> I think it was a Russian blonde, wasn't it? No, it was the... Um, yeah, she was yes. Russian and she entered she the salon. Was. Now, there was something wrong with her hair, was damaged or something, and she wanted uh-huh. to come out of that salon with a creamy, thick, blonde hair, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, the she thing is that... And, and she was... Well, you could tell the story quickly, couldn't you? Yeah, she was... She was she had thick, long, down to past her backside hair, and it was bright orange. So it had been over-processed and badly done. And she wanted it to be creamy blonde. Um, and the, the process, whole process took her the whole day in the salon. So she was in there for eight hours. And we gave, we didn't give her the price at the beginning because it was a bespoke service, just because it was, took so long and actually took two stylists to do it. Um, and as she was getting going to pay the the um owner so terry my ex-business partner he gave her the price he thought about a price he actually rang me and said what do you think we should charge her um so i said as much as you can <laughs> and he gave her the price i'm, I'm so surprised as she, yeah as she was paying she was asking the receptionist can you now give me the name of the best uh, plastic surgeon on Harley Street because I'm going to go and get my Botox done and I want this done, I want this done. Price was no object to her. So we could have charged her three times the amount and she wouldn't have batted an eyelid. She loved what we did. She loved the result. She had massive pain coming in because her hair was just revolting. She obviously didn't love herself because she wanted to change herself and, and make herself look better and then give herself more self-esteem. But she was prepared to pay anything. It didn't matter. The price was absolutely irrelevant to her. And she handed over this platinum card uh, and the money came out. It was all good and, and she left. But the thing is, the assumption was because her hair was bad and she, you know, her English wasn't as good, maybe she couldn't afford it. Maybe we just charged the price that we usually charge. And there was all those things that went into play of... Which, should we be charging her this? Should we be charging her more? What happens if she does? What happens if she kicks up a fuss in the salon? What happens if she won't pay at the end of it? Well, it wasn't the case. The, the, the problem was they didn't find out enough about her at the very beginning to know or to make that decision to to charge whatever they wanted. Um, and that's a really important point. If you know your clients and you know what they need um, and you know what they want and you know where their emotions are and the emotional buttons that you can press you will find out a lot more about what they can afford in inverted commas um, than you would if you didn't know them. I've, I've been in, I mean, I've had that problem many times. I've increased my prices in various uh, business areas many times over the years. I've found that increasing, I mean, I, I've done the same mistake over and over and I probably do it sometimes even today when I assume. Don't you learn? People- but yeah, never learn, do I? Um, no, but I assume what people will want to pay or be able to pay. Uh, and is that because you're based on your own your own beliefs around? Yes, what it's or worth maybe and your just own because money. yeah, all the competition. Because sometimes you don't trust yourself, you know, enough to understand that you are really. Uh, it's not just the price that, that differentiates you from the, the customer. I've had this example from my programming business, for instance, which is a highly commoditized 
um, business when you look at it, at least on the surface. But I've increased my, my, my hourly rate there many, many times over. Uh, and I have met price resistance sometimes, but people have still kept buying from me because... Did you die? No, I'm still here. Did they come and kill you? Because you... Uh, well, they didn't exactly kill me. Uh, especially, I remember one of them. They they got really difficult. That was a but that was a Did kind of different you? setting because that was a huge. That was a big corporation, you know, and they are used to bargaining and they used to all that. And they so, what did you mean by difficult? They just gave you bad words. Or they, no, they yeah, they they, they uh, wanted meetings. They wanted to negotiate. They tried to change, you know, the. Um, uh, what would you say the terms and they wanted to to change stuff around but but ultimately what they even tried to hire one of my developers uh you know to to kind of take him from me to to get around that but ultimately they just figured that okay we'll we'll uh, go with the price increase and they've stayed for for years after that maybe I should increase my price again. So come to think of it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god revolutionary yeah that's the thing though they didn't kill you they didn't hurt you didn't physically touch you they might have got a bit shitty to your face but you're not going to die from that the the reason i'm telling the reason i'm telling that story is that because uh, when you're in that situation where you depend on certain amount of clients and especially if you have few clients it can be really scary to increase your prices because what you're thinking is that what happens if they go away uh, and, and that means that you will lose much more money than you potentially gain from the price increase. And I think that goes maybe into the heart of their fears here. Uh, but what we have to see is that this is most often not the reality. That's not what happens. And we're not talking about massive increases as well. We're talking steps of, you know, moderate increases rather than just... We're not talking about doubling your prices overnight necessarily. Well, you could do, but you the could, thing but is, I'm there's, there's a couple of things. Yeah. You're listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Remember to sign up for the podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. If you're relying on one or two customers, you're in a bad position anyway. And if you're desperate to keep somebody, and that's the reason you're not um, increasing your prices, because you're scared of losing them, that puts you in the back foot. So you're not in a position of um, power to negotiate anything. So you have to let that go. Let it go, let it go. So that you don't you don't have that problem. And I and I guess in with uh, salons, the number of clients you have is, is a damn sight lot more than your two or three large paying ones. Um, but that's not necessarily true. There could be salons there that have maybe seven clients and charge them a fortune. But you have to let that uh, belief go and you have to have that an, a number of clients around you that you don't are not concerned if you're going to lose one a uh, good one or if you do lose them it'll be for reasons that aren't anything to do with the price it'll be something to do with your service or something to do with the environment or something else that's going on in that person's life but the other thing that you said about increasing them is yeah you don't have to do a double your rate overnight you can test and you should test and you should constantly do small incremental um, raises. So whether that's 10% this month and then another 5% next month, and yes, I'm saying by month by month basis, it doesn't have to be every year because I know people will do that at the start of each year. So, you know, it's a new year or it's a new financial year and they'll raise prices once a year. And that, you know, if you've done it then 
and you've got small amount of resistance and you've lost no clients, then why aren't you doing it again? And why aren't you doing it again? If it works, keep doing it. Um, and there'll be a point you get to where people will say, no, that's enough. I, this is ridiculous. You're not giving me enough value for what you're charging. But you have to make sure that you're showing all the time what value you're providing. So it doesn't mean just them coming into the salon, it's them, you giving them everything. So your newsletter for loyalty, your follow-up, your continuous follow-up, extra offers, gifts, whatever it is, that makes them want to belong to your particular herd. And you can do pretty much whatever you like. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a common mis, misperception that you know charging as much as possible in some ways is immoral, uh, and we see this everywhere. We see this in the media uh, where they exaggerate pricing. We see this. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, we're in the market to trade. We're in the market to make money, uh, but but still, some seem to have the impression that charging more than a certain level is being greedy and selfish, and that you know the only thing that matters is a low price. Um, we have talked a bit about pricing before, um, and, and I mean, what what you want to do is, Kat, as Kat says, you you want to increase your prices in, in increments usually until the point where you reach some resistance. That that's probably the optimal uh, thing. But the the first and most important step to do is just increase your prices somewhat and just see what happens. And in nine out of ten times, a moderate price increase will. You, you will not meet much resistance. You might have a few people maybe mentioning it, maybe maybe some will complain. I don't know. I've never had that problem. Um, I've not increased my prices. <laughs> Look, enough, I, don't give I? You, I know you haven't. You're not I obviously haven't. getting yourself out there enough. Oh my God. Oh. You've learned something. Wow. I have a job to There's do. a breakthrough. Yeah. yeah it is. Don't increase prices this afternoon. Yeah, I should. Um, I'm going to give you another example. I've um, one of my star people that I, my clients that I have dealings with, uh, who came on my 90-day salon success system program. Uh, the first thing I got him to do was raise his prices, and he did. Was he die? Is he very... dead now? No, he's not dead. So they didn't kill him. <laughs> no, they didn't. Did kill he him. go nuts? They didn't close down Is the salon. Is he in a mental institution? Complain. Uh, no, he has had glandular fever, so that's not very good. But oh. no, <laughs> but does, does he still have? Does he still have a business? He still has a business, and it's right. a very, very successful. In fact, his profit has grown seventy-eight percent in the last three months because of my program. A direct correlation. Anyway, uh, it's not for everyone. The thing is, <laughs> he said to me, "I'll I'll raise him next week," and I said. What is stopping you from doing it this instant? You're at home, you have access to your reservation system and your pricing. What is stopping you from doing it right now? And he very rightly said, absolutely nothing. So he did it. And do you know what he had? He had an increase of customers because they started to see that he may be better than the salon down the street because he was trying charging something higher. Yeah. And therefore, they thought it was a better service just from that's kind of a weird psychological thing we have is if something's yeah. worth more, we see it as a better quality. He had one, not even a complaint, just one, oh, at the checkout where a woman who normally paid cash and had usually had the exact correct amount of cash for her weekly blow dry, yeah. noticed that it had gone up by two pounds. And she just said, oh, I thought it was always 30 or whatever it was. And they said, oh, the price has just gone up. It's now 32. 
So she fished out another two pounds out of her purse and oh, right. went off she went. And she didn't, they didn't lose her. It was just an old moment of, oh, I thought I had the right amount of change here for you. Yeah. So uh, he was shocked. And so were his staff. And the staff even more so, the fact that they could you could increase prices because they directly benefited from that because yeah. they worked on commission. So any price raise for them was an instant pay rise in their pocket. Funny that. I was at a restaurant a couple of weeks ago and I noticed that the waitress, she, when I was going to pay, she, you have to go to the counter to pay. And uh, usually she has all the prices in her head, but this time she didn't. She had to look at the menu and add things up and I wonder what was going on. So I also, haven't you memorized everything? Oh yeah, but I just increased, your, uh, increased my prices a, a little bit. So, you know, I have to do that. She started excusing uh, herself. And then I said, well, I hope you increase them more than the rate of inflation and I could just see her face you know the relief <laughs> that I didn't you know wasn't there to complain uh, she, no. she did seem a bit nervous um, and it's funny actually if you do have a script and you can tell your clients yeah that's the new price and just leave it at that you don't have to apologize no you're in business like you say yeah. people you're not there to be greedy you're actually you have a responsibility for employing staff um, and paying them wages, providing to your local um, economy, you, you pay your rent, that sort of thing. You need to be solvent, and you owe that to your customers as well. If you're not solvent, you're not providing a service your customer can't come to, so you can't provide a solution to their problem. So why should you undercut? Why should you be selling at a discount? Why should you be doing the lowest prices I, in town and ruining your business? I'm actually time? writing, um, I'm working on a new book for, for a different business and I would like to quote something I wrote there uh, where I say that commanding <laughs> higher fees have the nifty, uh, that has nifty side effect of sifting out many of the worst potential customers. You increase your earnings and profit, you'll free up time, you'll get the chance to focus on delivering better products and services at a high level and higher quality. You'll have more time to work on what you're good at and learn more knowledge, which in the end will benefit your customers through the products and services you deliver. Um, and I think that's really important. Um, uh, that so you... why, and with that excellent knowledge, why do people not increase their prices? Why do people? So simple. Yeah, yeah. Given that um, simple, but but I, I get it. Scary, and this is why you really you you really shouldn't wait. It's just like with cat's client, you really just need to go into your reservation system, just increase the price by ten percent, and see what happens. And That's, you can choose to increase it on just certain services. Yeah. Certain most, services you, you know, decide just test it on services. something, but it has to be yeah. something that you have a certain volume on, not just something you sell once every blue yeah. moon. Um, but something, yeah. And if you lose clients, you're losing them over something else and it's not the price. And you need to look deeply into your business and see where that is, whether it's poor customer service, whether it's poor quality products, whether it's they're just not getting anything out of you extra that you could be giving them the feels with a Z. I like Actually, I'm reading through my manuscript here and, I, and this, this wise guy who's, who's written this, he, he wrote something else here. Uh, he, oh, he really? Wrote... Do we have to listen to this? What? I'm joking. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, uh, no, I've just come across something I wrote here. There's nothing immoral or greedy about charging more. Actually, they're asserting it's your duty to charge as much as possible so you can build a healthy business and serve your customers as best as you possibly can. Those who want Isn't something... that what I just said? Sorry? Yes, Isn't exactly. Exactly, exactly. 
Great minds think so alike. Those who want something without paying what it's worth should go somewhere else and experience that both his service and follow up is awful. As long as the well, that's actually true. Yeah, Sorry. that's actually true. Yes, of course it's true. There are other salons down the road. If they don't want to pay what you're yeah. charging, they can go somewhere else. Yes. And they may not get what they want on that other salon. Exactly. And as long as the part of the market you're aiming for is willing to pay what you think you're worth, you shouldn't care about those who don't want to pay what you charge. Selling yourself cheap is not doing anyone a favor. You cheat yourself of a decent income and your customer and clients of the quality and service they deserve. I'll stop quoting now. Yeah, gets a bit dull. <laughs> <laughs> so, because I, I know you've already written a book, haven't you? Because I've got a copy of it the other day. Yes, I saw your... Salongan. Yes, exactly. How do I say that? Uh, Boost Salongan. Boost yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, it's all in Norwegian. So That's not unfortunate at all because I'm name. bundling it with a language course for foreign readers. <laughs> for That's foreign an upsell. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. You should do that. Yeah. <laughs> but and then not only can you boost your salon, but you can learn Norwegian at the same time. That's going to be really helpful. But isn't that Especially interesting, Kat, that I can write a, a, a book about the salon industry or targeted to the salon industry without actually having an experience from salons and the reason I can do that is because the principles are the same in the salon yep. industry as in every industry and yep. that's what people sometimes every forget uh, it no, is the no same is you have you know small uh, I mean you have to adapt things to to different trades and businesses but but the principles are the same so this is valid everywhere this is why I've increased my prices in my broadband business this is why I've increased my prices in my programming business this is why I've increased my prices in the uh, or will increase uh, quickly the prices for the hair <laughs> trade stuff I do so, yeah so you need to be increasing no prices. but but when I, actually, yes this is why you increase your prices. You know, the principles are the same. Yeah. You, you have to increase they your are. prices. They are. They're exactly price. the same. And funnily enough, I think that's actually probably a good note to end on because the, the next episode, I'm, I ditch you. I'm ditching you. I'm ditching you for a shorter redhead man with a even more interesting accent. Uh, and we're talking about a dog walking business um, and how those uh, problems and uh, concerns that dog walkers dog walking businesses and dog pet owner businesses have are exactly the same as a salon business and how to deal with that and how staff are like dogs and need to be trained how staff cool. are like dogs or zebras yeah. hey or zebras yeah or zebras yeah. any kind of animal really. <laughs> <laughs> anyway right. that's what we're going to talk about next next time so all right we'll be back in a, well we won't be back in a week then you will be back in a week I'll be awake. I'll be on the beach somewhere. I'll be on the beach. I'll be in my office increasing my prices, actually. Good. I want to hear what happens. You've been listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Share and sign up for your podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com.